0: We're going to talk about again how to outthink the devil. <laughs> I don't know about you. A lot of you are interested in outthinking your wife or outthinking your husband, but it's also a wonderful thing to be able to outthink the devil, because whatever that our view of the devil is, we have to know he is dead. What well, I mean, he's dead spiritually. He he's not alive spiritually. He is an entity, and he has uh, demons that work with him. But in the name of Jesus, I believe that God is going to do something very unique in our lives this year. He's going to give us an opportunity to catch the devil red-handed at his attacks that he's tried to bring. And then we're going to watch God turn those attacks around. And the very thing that the devil meant for bad, we're going to watch God turn it for good in all of our lives. Amen? Praise God. If you have your Bibles open this morning, if you would, let's open to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Some of the most exciting scriptures in all the Bible. Because it talks about activity. It talks about the power that God has given to us. And it says, uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. Whoa, now we find out, God's going to talk to us about something important. He's fixing to talk to us about how my life can wage war against the devil. How my life can take a stand. See, a lot of people just think their life is at the mercy of whatever the enemy wants to be. I used to have a real good friend. In fact, he was a part of this church, and he's with the Lord now. But for years, he was, uh, he was a college professor out at the college, and him and I would meet for coffee. And morning after morning, if we would gather there in the restaurant for, with coffee, talking about things of God, he would consistently, when I would begin to mention the work what the devil was trying to do, he would say, Brother Jerry, don't say that out loud. Don't say that out loud. Well, I'm here to tell you what. God has given you a power and authority over whatever the enemy is trying to do in your life, and God's give you authority. Authority and power to see it turned around for the glory of God. So it says here that we're in a war. That's so what it says. That this verse begins with it. says that we're not waging war according to the flesh. So God's fixing to tell me how I'm going to be able to fight back against the enemy. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they have divine power. Man, I just love this Scripture. In every version, you find these words like divine power. God's telling you that He's going to give you a direction of how to fight back against the enemy. And God's not going to expect it to be out of your flesh. God's going to give you a divine power to be able to defeat whatever it is that the devil is trying to do against you. He says, I have given you divine power to destroy strongholds. I love that verse 4. Almost any version says similar to that. That God's given us power to destroy. Not only does God give us power to overcome, but now He's telling us God wants to do something unique in our lives. To where, as I wage war against the enemy, somebody says, "Oh, I thought Jesus waged that war. He did. Then Jesus fought it and He won it. But now God's given us the power to where we can fight ours and win it too." Now, what it says, it says that destroy strongholds. Now, this is so wonderful because God gives me the promise that not only does God give me power to overcome whatever it is, whatever it is that the devil is trying to discourage your life with, whatever it is that the devil is trying to do to to bring your life down, what God's promise is, I'm not only going to give you the power to overcome it, I'm going to give you the power to destroy it. I'm going to give you the power to where it will be so overcoming in the devil's life that where he will not have strength again to attack you in this particular area. Isn't that a wonderful promise of God? He says, we tear down. Then he begins to explain it to us. He said, we tear down arguments and every presumption that's set up against the knowledge of God. Whatever it is that the devil is trying to do in your life, it's against God. I want you, it's not what God wants. What every attack that the enemy's launched against your life, it's against God. It's against what God's plan is for your life. It's against what God has put you on earth to do. It ultimately is to God's will is to use you mightily. And the devil sometimes he comes against you with sickness. Sometimes he comes against you with lust. And sometimes he comes against you with all kind of things: discouragement, depressions. But what God is telling you, it's against Him. And so God's given us a powerful promise. It says, that against another, and we take captive. Well, I love this. I love the terminology that God's telling me here. Not only is God a mighty warrior, this Scripture tells me that He's making each one of us a mighty warrior. You may feel weak this morning. You may feel defeated this morning. You may feel downcast this morning. But I want to tell you, honey, there's another story about you that you may not know. That God has given you the power, the Bible, this scripture says, to take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And then it begins to reveal where our real warfare is. The mind is the main battleground of the devil. Your mind. And what God said is God's going to give you a supernatural power to be able to take charge in your mind. All right, now, the, uh, in relation to that, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, when it talks about this battle that I'm engaged in and the battlefield of my mind to be able to defeat the enemy, it says, don't copy the behavior of the world. Why? it says? Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, don't, co- don't copy the behavior of the world and the customs of the world. Let me tell you what. You don't have to live like the world. You don't have to live like the world. But let God transform you into a new person, it says, by changing the way you think. Boy, isn't that wonderful? That tells me that I'm not the old, same old, same old. I don't have to live that anymore. What used to get me down, what used to discourage me, what used to put me into a, a self-pity party, I said, God said, you don't have to live that way anymore said, if I can change the way I think, when I realize that the battleground is in my mind, and if I can realize that to a point, and if I can begin to fight that battle in my mind, the Bible gives me the powerful promise that that's the way that God's going to transform me into a new person. Now, I know that we're all born again, and at the point of being born again, God made us into a new creature in Christ Jesus. Now, that's what He's done for us legally. But that has still has to be worked out in our life. A lot of times, you may you may have come to the Lord and you say, Jerry, I don't understand why these problems are still in my life. Because God's going to give you the power to overcome it. God has not only brought you into His Son, but God is making you a warrior for Him. And God is going to do a work of divine power and divine strength inside your life where you're no longer going to be at the beggarly elements of what the devil is trying to do or say. God's going to do a work of divine power. And if I realize that if I can just simply defeat this battle in my mind, then God will be able to change me into a brand new person. In Isaiah chapter 58, verse 5, in connection with this battleground of our mind, He said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. That's what God said. God said, "My thoughts are not your thoughts. And so many times we feel so underneath the gun, God says, "No, you win this battle." God says, "My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways." And then he closes it with this, "My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts." So what we have to realize in as I come to the Lord, that my thoughts are not sufficient. That my thought, if I continue to think in the way I've always thought, if I continue to think that same way, then I'm going to continue to live a defeated life. But God's telling me that I can do something about it. That I can begin to change the way I think if I realize the battleground is truly in my mind. And the first line of defense that the devil has in all of our lives Is He tries to defeat us on that mental front, that if I can begin to defeat and change the way I think, then my life can literally become changed. We simply say, I want to think like heaven. You know, it's a wonderful thing. How does heaven think about what you're going through? What is it that you're facing? What's heaven's thoughts connected with that? What are what's heaven? What's heaven? Thoughts about what you you know? We just come through for the last three or four years. We we've, we've had a uh, a wonderful ministry in our church called Freedom, and Freedom's built around that same issue. In fact, most of the healing that people found inwardly, inner healing, came by way of just simply stopping at whatever you're going through and saying, God, what are you thinking about this? And what we found out as we would discipline ourselves but just simply stopping and said, Lord, what's heaven thinks about now that I'm going through? I know what I'm thinking. I'm thinking this thing's rough. I'm thinking this thing's tough. I'm thinking this thing's about to get me down. But what does heaven think about this? And by simply stopping, what we've all found is this. Heaven thinks differently. And if I can begin to adopt heaven's thoughts... Concerning my situation Then my situation Will begin to change As long as I continue To think through my life With my old same thoughts My life is going to remain the same The same treachery But God has given us a divine Connection with heaven (laughs) So where God has brought us into a place Of divine connection To where literally we can begin to Think the thoughts of God I brought this little thing out to close with today. This is a picture frame, but there's nothing in it. God wanted me to challenge you to your lives. If you will begin to reframe your situation, if you will begin to look at your situation and say, God, what do you think about this? One of the greatest things, one of the greatest things you can do to handle any bad, negative situation that's going on in your life if say, God, give me a scripture. And then when God gives you a scripture concerning that situation, you literally take that scripture and you refrain. Because, see, what happened here, the devil's painted all of our pictures so bad. <laughs> You're sick. You're always going to be sick. You're down. You're always going to be down. You're going to be the same old, same old. You're never going to get victory over that. That lust is going to fight you forever. You're always going to have those bad thoughts and those bad feelings. You're always going to feel condemned. Whatever it is that the devil is trying to tell you. And God says that you can take my word and you can begin to look at your situation differently. And then when I begin to think differently about my situation. Let me close and leave you with this verse. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. Do you see what that says? If I can begin to think about my situation differently, then God will be able to handle my situation differently. Do you know why God has not been able to move in all of our lives more than He has? Because we're doing it with old frames. It's what the enemy has tried to tell us about our situation. It's what our hurt has tried to tell us. What the betrayals have tried to tell us. What the pain has tried to tell you. You say, Jerry, you don't understand the pain that I'm going through. I, I, I relate to that because there's pain in my life that you don't understand. But what it tells me is this. I don't have to let pain write my future. I can let God's Word reframe my particular situation. And the Bible says that can run my life. Lord, I want to thank You for Your powerful grace. I want to thank You for Your mercy. Just in a quick moment, Stephen's going to close us with one last praise song. But I want us to prepare for something spiritual. I don't know how many of you are disappointed with where you are. Maybe you started out in this thing, you had plans, and maybe those plans have all been haywire. Maybe you started out in this thing, you just wanted to have the perfect family, you want to have the perfect kids, have the perfect husband. And all of a sudden, all these years later, you found you divorced and left. Or maybe you set your sight on a particular wonderful job. Or maybe you set your sight on a certain ministry. And maybe that was very much of the Lord. But what's happened? The circumstances, the fights of the enemy have come. And because of that, you're walking through life now discouraged. You're not able, you're disappointed. You're disappointed when the dreams that you had in your life. The dreams that God had put in you as a young person. The dreams that God had put in yourself as a young, young married couple or a young parent. The dreams have kind of fallen by the wayside. And what happens is you see yourself as a victim and not as a victim. I'm here. I challenge you today. In this last song, let's ask God to build us a new frame for our lives. Could we? Could we ask God, Lord, my frame, what's happened in my life, I'm so discouraged, I'm so disappointed with. But God, I'm asking you, reframe my life, God. Let me see what you can do with it now. Don't let me just live on the dreams. And read.